Welcome to Naturopathy Today. Your hosts are Dr. Michael Schwartz and Steve Langford. Join them as they guide you on a journey to good health through holistic naturopathy. Now here are Michael and Steve. Good morning and welcome to another session of Naturopathy Today. I'm your co-host, Michael, and I've got my good bud, my co-host, Steve Langford with me. Good morning, Steve. How are you doing today? Good morning. I'm well, Michael. Good morning. And I'm looking forward to this discussion. Last week, you know, we talked about the migraines and, you know, my personal history. And one of the areas that I've never explored, so this will be new to me, is this uh, symbology that you are so is such an important part of your message and so i'm here to learn from you today because this is an aspect of this discussion that isn't part of my wheelhouse and i'm looking forward to what you have to share today okay so i made a list you know last week i i ran through all of the triggers and told the people you know write down your triggers so you understand now We'll look at the triggers from an emotional point of view. So when it comes to hormonal, there's really not, you know, a lot that's going to manifest ahead of time. However, if you know your hormones, that there's an issue, take a look at things that are essential to hormonal balance and harmony. Though I never like to talk about my products, I will say from a hormonal point of view, one the adrenals are essential. You need to have healthy adrenals because they manufacture the precursors that go into the manufacturing of estrogen and uh, testosterone and other hormones. The problem is if you're doing red yeast rice and or statin drugs, you're minimizing the amount of cholesterol, which is available to make hormones. In fact, Cholesterol is a precursor and one of the most important building materials for hormones. So there's that. And also take a look at male and female reproductive factors, depending upon your gender, because those two provide all of the nutrients to nourish and tone the reproductive systems of either the male or the female. And so that too should help with hormonal balance. When it comes to the emotion, you know, we listed stress, anxiety, tension, shock, depression, and excitement. So if we take a look at stress, the first question that comes up is what causes you stress? And I don't know if I've shared, I'm, I would think I would have shared this <laughs> with y'all because um, I talk about it a lot. And what stress is from one point of view is the way that you respond to what you see and hear. That is an emotional response. That's what causes you stress. So one of the things that you could do is, and I think we've given this technique out before, but on a blank sheet of paper, left-hand column, list all the things that give you stress, things that make you anxious, the things that make you, you know, tense up, write them down. In the right-hand column, why? Why does that particular thing stress you out? Where did you learn that response to that stimuli from? Did it come from mom? Did it come from dad? Or is this something you've done on your own? So we need to understand that. 
We need to understand the things that make us anxious, the things that give us tension. As far as shock being one of the stimulants, I don't know what you can do about that because, you know, that's just like hearing something, somebody passing, somebody, you know, something. And there is no way on some levels, there's no way to know ahead of time. On another level, I am a firm believer that you know everything that's unfolding, even maybe somebody passing, because you may have had a fleeting thought about that with them, or, you know, a conversation, somebody said something, or you had a dream that indicated something. But by and large, shock is going to come out of nowhere. Depression, we talked about because that's tied into hypoglycemia, which is tied into the physical. So if you fix the adrenals, you'll take care of that because that takes care of that. So those are the emotional things that one needs to be mindful of. As far, go ahead. A question. Yeah. Um, when when we talk about these different possible triggers in conjunction with migraines, would it be fair to suggest that everybody has to learn how to deal with the stresses in their life and that these stresses can manifest themselves in different people in different ways. So say in some cases, it may be manifest as a migraine, but in another person, it may be manifest as stomach or digestive distress. Maybe people carry the tightness in their lower back or they tighten up their anus. You know, they just walk around in a perpetually squeezed, you know, forgive this phrase, but a tight ass kind of person. There's actually a reality that some people live their lives for years carrying this stress physically in these different parts of their body. So these recommendations for learning how to understand your triggers and then manage those, it's almost whatever your physical manifestation is, these are going to be beneficial recommendations. If you have a migraine, yes. But if you have these other things, also yes. So is that a fair assumption? Absolutely. Because stomach cramps from the stress and that relates to whatever has been presented to the individual, whatever it is they've been forced to consume. And I don't necessarily mean food because we consume thoughts as well in positions. So when it strikes the stomach, it's either cramping or you could throw up. You know, it was such an imposition. It was such a, a horrible thought that you want to upchuck. As far as uh, the heart, you may end up with palpitations because there's a breakdown in the communication because the stress compromised your minerals. Your minerals are light switches. They allow the electricity of thought to flow. Now your heart is beating. It's racing because of the stress. And, and again, that is such an emotional connector that it's almost it's easy to see, so to speak. So yes, stress will affect you elsewhere. When you talked about the back, that's support. So whatever the individual is going through, they may not feel that they can support themselves, which ties us right back in to the physical of shoulder and neck tension. You know, you can't shoulder the responsibility. You can't find balance between the spiritual and the material. So yes, stress affects the body 
in multiple ways in multiple locations. Was there something you wanted to add? Well, to? having, yeah, um, you know, certainly every time you start talking, I come up with thoughts and ideas and questions because I try to think of myself as the consumer who's listening to this. You know, what is it that they might be questioning as we talk about this? And you talk about stress. And I think a lot of times people deal with stress. I think it's such a common thing that we deal with work family, finances, world events, and so on. There's no way to escape the stress, but how we think about it does affect us. But also, and I think you probably would agree with this, that we can't effectively manage stress if we are not well-nourished and we are not perhaps well-thinking in terms of how we look at these events that cause us stress. And so, yes, it's easy to say, oh, just manage your stress, but people don't realize that they can't manage it effectively if they don't have the nutrients to provide the adrenal gland support. And if they don't have the right thinking to understand how to put these things into context. So it kind of all comes back to this foundation of health which will help us manage stress, which will then help us manage the effects of stress. Is that a fair assessment? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I brought up, you know, the adrenal glands. And we actually do a formula for the adrenal glands called stress. Although the one that I like is the one I myself take, which is called the energy formula, because I had a consultation. I think I told you the story with an iridologist with an iridologist who told me I had stress. I don't believe that. However, you know, <laughs> I, I went and I made that product for myself. So, yeah. And, and how does it work for you? I got to think it works well. Absolutely. You know, I, I still feel that I don't have stress. <laughs> I do the energy. I do my minerals. So, yeah, I sleep well. I'm in great shape. You know, for a kid my age, I'm, I'm okay. This overall discussion is that it starts with right thinking, meaning I recognize I have this. What are my solutions? What am I missing? I'm missing a good diet. I'm in a stressful relationship. You know, my, I hate my job. Whatever it is, yep. you have to be able to identify it so that you can think more positively about it and you know, how to move yourself forward in all of these areas. We previously talked about, you know, nature's doctors, the very parts of our everyday existence that are so important to helping sustain health. Yeah, you know, you said something that triggered a thought. You say a lot of things that trigger thoughts. And <laughs> I, I didn't... That's what I'm good at. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. Uh, I didn't write it down. But it goes back to the nutrition, and it also goes back to you really need to question everything. You need to question why aren't you doing supplements? Why aren't you eating organically? Why are you indulging in doubt and fear? Where is it coming from? What are you, you know, where's your lack of confidence in what arena? And we all have doubt and fear. We, every single human being on the planet does. I don't care who you are. There's an element somewhere. So the question is, where does it come from? What do you need to do to shore it up? So there's a couple of teachings. One is build on your strength. By building on your strength, you build more courage and confidence. You get more comfortable with yourself. 
and what you can do and where you're at. That's number one. Number two was do the thing that I, I suggested on the blank sheet of paper. Write down your thoughts about what it is that makes you stressed out, what it is that bothers you. You need to talk to you. The other thing, and I, I don't know, it's still not coming back. So maybe it'll show up. I'll move on. If it's like me, I'll remember it when we're done with the show. And then I'll go, oh, yeah, that's what it was I wanted to bring up. I knew we should have talked. <laughs> so we do have those senior moments ourselves. And I have a favorite saying, Michael, if that's as bad as it gets, I'm in good shape. And that's great advice. And if people would follow that, you know, not sweating the small stuff, not making mountains out of molehills, they'd be in good shape. But, you know, for some people, you know, I wrote a book that is not out yet. It's still in editing and it, it's called Becoming the New You, the You You Want to Be. And it's all about patterns of behavior. And some people have a pattern of being a victim. And so- yes. You know, and this is something, why, you know, why does it happen to me? Why do I always get these headaches? Why do I always lose money? Why am I always breaking things? Why am I always, you know, being picked on? They're a victim. And so there are certain patterns of behavior that even set you up for a migraine because you may, you know, it's like you brought up dietary health and, and these are some of the triggers. I don't know if I talked about this last time or not. But uh, alcohol, dehydration, delayed meals or eating irregularly, and certain foods like chocolate and citrus, these can all, they, they're known to trigger migraines. So an individual may, because they're feeling victimized, and I'll, I'll use that pattern, may feel victimized. And so they're going to eat a lot of chocolate to feel better. You know, it's like their comfort food. Well, the chocolate, they may have an allergic reaction to it, and that reaction could be a migraine headache. Same thing with citrus. So depending upon what your need is, and some people may use the migraine as a way of avoiding work, avoiding the relationship, avoiding life. And so they will maybe drink too much so that they get wiped out and they end up with a severe headache and a hangover. They may drink too much coffee and it gets them wired and, you know, uncontrolled because now they're, they're hyperactive. That could lead to all kinds of stuff, including a migraine. And of course, they may stop drinking water. You know, well, I don't, I don't drink water because I'm going to wash out all my minerals or whatever their thinking is. And dehydration is yet another cause of a migraine. So when you look at these things from, again, I'll go through it emotionally, eating irregularly is a, a, a method and technique for denying yourself sustenance, denying yourself what you need to feel good. Number one, dehydration, water is essential for life. It is symbolic of our material life because without water, I think we could live maybe three days, seven days, I forget, but not long with air it's three minutes so an air is symbolic of our spiritual life without spirit we're dead without water we're dead without material things so there's that the alcohol represents escape avoiding stuff uh the foods is you know like i said chocolate makes me feel good 
So in examining each and every one of these triggers and trying to understand it emotionally really will put you into a place of power so that you know that one, you're building towards creating the headache. And then two is now that you are aware of that, that allows you the opportunity to dissipate that energy by changing an attitude, drawing on a strength, something to alter your perspective, your path, your attitude. Changing that internally will change the external and the headache is more of an external result to an internal conflict. Does that make that's sense? An interesting, that's an interesting uh, point of view. And as you were describing that, this is how what I took away from that is that the things that we identify as triggers for us, my job stress, my dietary choices, my lifestyle, my anger, my depression, you know, some of these things are outside of us. But the solutions are inside of us. And the idea is that whatever our external environment is, we might not be able to change that. We might not be able to quit a job or, you know, leave a relationship or whatever it is, but we can certainly change our mind, um, our thinking, our internal environment. We can take positive steps that move us forward. And I think taking control asserting your own autonomy to move forward is a powerful thing that when people realize oh i'm not helpless i do have influence and control on my own health and it begins with my lifestyle my thinking my spiritual life all of those i can influence and i feel that baby steps are going to move us forward. We're going to go in a direction. We're going to be five years older in five years. What's our direction? Taking these baby steps to identify and make these changes a little bit at a time helps people get on this journey that take them on a path to better health. And I don't know that there's any other way to do it than other than to look at yourself, see what's missing, what you need, what's triggering you, and make some positive changes. You have this opportunity and, in fact, this responsibility to make these choices. And if you take ownership of that, you can move forward. If you are, as you say, a victim of all of these things, you will never make those changes because it's what's happening to you and you have no control. Switch that conversation. And I think people will be astounded at the changes that they can make when they change that thinking process to what can I do to further my life? And without that positive thinking, they may never actually move forward. Absolutely. You know, I made some notes this time and I want to go to, you know, the job, hating the job, the relationship. It's the same difference. It's everything. And the solution is the same. Find the positive. But if you're in a situation that you cannot change it, then find a positive within it and focus only on that positive. Because there's something about the job you love. There's something about the the relationship you love. You know, Phyllis and I have a, a, a saying that we can love the person, but hate the patterns because patterns are destructive. 
They're destructive for the individual. They're destructive for relationships, whether it's not the guy you work for, the guy who works for you. Everybody has patterns. You just need to be more accepting of it. The outside influences, you're right. You can't change them. However, what you can do is, again, like you said, change the way you look at them, because by changing the way that you look at them will change the outcome of the situation, because now you have a different perspective. You're looking at it from a different angle. So now it's easier to accept. And there are two teachings that I would recommend. One is build on your past strengths and successes, because in order to speak your mind, in order to get past what's going on in your life without it doing a, a difficulty and really hassling you about it, then by changing your attitude, you change the effect it has on you. So, and I know you built that, brought that up. And the way the mind works, it does look back in order to see ahead. That's why having eyes to see and ears to hear is so vital, so essential that you understand your triggers because when you can see the triggers or when you can feel the triggers, when you feel, you know, you look at something or somebody or somebody looks at you and you have a reaction, even though it may be super subtle, if you realized you had the reaction, that was your mind's way of telling you, hey, you have just been triggered and something's going to happen. So be mindful. My wife has a favorite saying, and it's the more I change the way I think, the more things change around me. And she's discovered that's her secret is not to keep trying to change things around her, but change her perspective about those things. Absolutely. And that's going from a negative perspective to a positive perspective. And it's a, it's a practice. It's something that you try to see your own negative thoughts, automatic negative thoughts, we call them ants. And so if you can identify your automatic responses, then you can use your conscious mind to change that pattern. And so this has been a practice of ours is to find the positive, as you describe, and make it something that we want it to be because of our own perceptions. And this is where the journey begins because oftentimes you can't change that other person or those circumstances, but you can certainly change your thinking and your relationship to them. And that's actually the key to success. You know, your wife incorporated a universal teaching and demonstrated it. What is within will manifest without. People don't think about that, but the reality is, and here's why. Your brain, your mind, well, your mind controls your brain. Your brain is an electromagnetic generator. Everything in the universe is composed of atoms making molecules, molecules making substance. Atoms have a positive or negative charge. People, things have a positive or negative charge. So in life, based on your concepts, based on your patterns of behavior, you are either drawing to you what you need or you are repelling it. So if you have a need 
to be a victim, you will draw to you those people, those situations that will take advantage of you and set you up to be a victim. If you are into denial, you may repel all the opportunities to enhance your happiness, your health, your wealth, because it's more important and necessary based on your concepts to deny yourself the happiness, the health, the wealth. That's the way life really, really works. It's interesting there, you know, the uh, reminds me of several scriptures. You have not because you ask not. Um, ask and ye shall receive. And I know many people are going to think of this as, oh, I ask God, God will give this to me. And if I ask and I don't get it, God's rejecting me. And I think it's not that at all. I think it's much more the purpose that if we ask, if we put this mind into our minds and manifest it out into the universe, that by this thinking process, we start things in motion. And if we continue with the negative thoughts and all of those other aspects, we will manifest that because that's the energy that we are creating and putting out to the universe. And if we change that to be positive, to be proactive, to be confident, to have faith, all of those things come into play and start to manifest in our lives. This is a practice that we learned early on was to imagine what kind of life do we want to have? What kind of a business do I want to have? What kind of a home do I want to live in? What kind of a, a relationship do I want to have? And as you think of those things, you will then start to move in that direction. And so as a man thinketh, so is he. And I think that's just so true. And so many of us don't have because we don't think that either we deserve it or that by thinking about it and moving in that direction, that's just a bunch of hokum. And so I'm here to say it's been a practice in our life and we've seen it come to fruition so many times we can't help but have faith in that process that we think about what we need to do and how to move in that direction. I'm sure it's contributed to the quality of our life for all these decades. So I hope people will understand that, you know, it's not just sort of asking God and then waiting to see. It's manifesting these things because of your desire and the resulting action and actions have cause and effect you set these things in motion so i love that concept and i encourage people to at least consider how their own thinking process influences their actions and therefore the results that they get in life very well said and i want to just because we're out of time but I wanted to um, go back to something you said, because it's one of my pet peeves. And that is, this is where religion has failed man. And you said it yourself, asking ye shall receive. Well, if I didn't get it from God, Buddha, Shiva, Zoroaster, the great spirit, whatever, then I don't deserve it. I must be unworthy. Therein lies the lie. Therein lies the ignorance. Because, and therein lies control. Well, if you came to church more, you came to synagogue more, you came to temple more, you came to the center more, then, you know, you would get it. And no, it doesn't work that way. 
you know, it's like the thing that that I hear that bothers me the most is after a tragedy, like a cyclone going through a town, cyclone, tornado, destroyed the house next door. And oh, thank God we didn't get hit. God, you know, it's like God saved us, but, you know, they must be bad people. They must be unworthy. They must be sinful. Their house was demolished. So this is where man's teachings differ so much from Jesus's teachings that it's a crime, it's disgusting, it's ignorance, and it's it's put out there. The well, is- a lot of people suffer with that kind of situation. If it was any good, the doctor would tell me. If it was true, the priest would tell me. And so if it was right, the politicians would tell me. And people give up that confidence that they can think about these things and understand them and make choices. And I think they miss this wonderful opportunity to improve their lives and the lives of them or those around them by this these concepts of thinking and manifesting. They're so powerful, and yet they're so foreign to so many people that they just believe it can't be possible to, that it works as well as it really does until you try it. And well, that's, that's been my experience. We tried it and found it worked for us. Therefore, we feel confident recommending it to others. Amen. So, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard us. You've heard me attack religion. And, um, you know, (laughs) hopefully I did not really anger you as much as may have. Well, you know, maybe I really should rethink some things. You know, I, I know I don't want to go to hell, so I think I better go to church. Well, maybe hell doesn't exist. Maybe we're living there now. And, the re, you know, Jesus taught that the kingdom of God is within and said further that if they tell you it's in the heavens, the bird will precede you. If they say it's in the sea, the fish will precede you. The kingdom of God is within you. Go within yourself. Work with the material Steve and I have shared with you. And I will guarantee you that if you heed our words and get involved with the work that I do. And Steve is doing at the same time, learning about the symbols, the emotional stuff, the concepts, the patterns. The more you can learn about those, the happier you will be, the healthier you will be, the more at peace you will be. And on that note, I'm going to say goodbye. And uh, thank you all for tuning in. Steve, (laughs) you got to- Well, folks- there's a lot of wisdom in what we've described to you, and it is your journey. Find what works for you. Don't be afraid to explore and determine for yourself what works and follow your journey. It's what leads you forward, and baby steps will get you on that that end result. Step by step, little by little, we can move forward. And that should give people confidence not to give up and not to be afraid to move forward. So thank you, folks, for listening. Send us questions if you have them, and Michael and I will uh, do our best to address them. So thanks, folks, for listening. Thank you, Michael. I look forward to it next week. We'll see you then. See you then. Take care, Steve. Bye, y'all. 
Thank you for listening to Naturopathy Today, sponsored by MNP, Michael's Naturopathic Programs at michaelshealth.com. Join us every Monday for the latest episode in this journey to excellent health on all levels. 